You're listening to the Queen of Calm podcast, the podcast for calm girls by a calm girl. Welcome back to the Queen of Calm podcast. I'm your host, Paisley Haddad. So as always, before we get started, I just want to take a minute to thank my listeners, my guests, and my social media followers for all your support. Your likes, your listens, and your time for being on the show really mean a lot to me, and they keep the show going. And if you're not following us already on social media, follow us at Queen of Calm Podcast on Instagram and at Queen of Calm Pod on Twitter. So to make a big announcement, which I'm sure that some of you have already seen already on my Instagram, episodes of the Queen of Calm Podcast will now be released bi-weekly instead of weekly because as I announced in my last episode, I recently accepted a position at a PR agency and my schedule has definitely changed. Um, I've had such a great time getting to know my coworkers and starting out in the industry and getting, you know, going with this new position. And I really love the agency that I work for. Um, So with my changing schedule, it just made sense to kind of move the podcast around a bit. But when there are weeks where there is no new episode of the podcast, I will be releasing a newsletter. So head to the link in our Instagram bio to sign up for that now. The newsletter will include industry news, potential pitch angles for the month, uh, social media spotlight, and suggested episodes. So be sure to check that out now and make sure you join our mailing list so that you don't miss any pod, any newsletters um, that are coming up. Um, and so to follow up on another big announcement that I made in a previous episode, I will be a speaker at this year's PR Decoded Conference from PR Week. So I'll be speaking on a panel that is called Skip a Grade, Discover What Drives PR's Next Generation and How Lockdown Hit Them. I'll be able to connect again with Sabrina Sanchez, who was a reporter at PR Week and Campaign US. And I'll be able to chat with my two fellow panelists, Justina Nixon-Santiel, VP and Global Head of Corporate Social Responsibility at IBM, and Rachel Frint, who is the Assistant Dean of Career Development at New York University School of Professional Studies. So it's going to be a really great panel to discuss everything that's going on with Gen Z and PR and how this unique climate in our industry has affected us. And if you want to tune in to the panel, which is taking place on Tuesday, October 12th at 2.30 p.m. East, you can head to the link in our Instagram bio and click on PR Decode Tickets to purchase your tickets. And you can check out the rest of the agenda and the fellow speakers speaking at the conference next week. Um, so to talk more about the calm one of the week this week, I want to shout out Burger King, who recently came out with their Have It Your Way Real Meals. And so this was kind of born out of that whole controversy that happened with Subway with the fake tuna debacle. Um, and so now Burger King has these new meals where they're focused on three different celebrities, Little Huddy from TikTok, pop star Anita and rapper Nelly. And they're going to be using their real legal names to come up with meals that are comprised of the star's favorite items from the Burger King menu. So the Nelly meal will be called the Cornell Haynes Jr. meal. The Anita meal will be called the Larissa Machado meal. And the Little Huddy meal will be called the Chase Hudson meal. So I think this is a really smart move of Burger King to capitalize on that um, big news story going on in their industry and for them to really advertise their new all natural ingredients. So hats off to the Burger King team on that. As for this week's episode, I'll be speaking with a really knowledgeable guest about mental health in the PR industry. Now, this is something that is not talked about nearly as as much as it should be. Um, and my guest will share her experience about working in the industry and how it took a toll on her and how it inspired her to start her company, which um, educates agency owners on what they can do to support their employees and make every working environment in the PR industry conducive to you know everything that's going on in our current climate right now, how to take care of your mental health, everything in that realm. So I think it's a really great episode. She'll also speak to her recent new, uh, PR news article that she recently wrote where she talked about the disparities in PR um, that women face that maybe aren't talked about as much in you know leadership and support of 
their personal lives. So that's another interesting conversation we'll have. Um, and we'll also talk about her advice for college students and recent grads and how they can stand out in the job process. So it's a really informative episode, and I highly recommend that any college student, recent grad, or even PR professional who's been in the industry a while listen to this episode because I think it's such an important topic to be bringing up, and especially with World Mental Health Day on Sunday, October 10th. I think it's a really timely conversation to be having. So be sure to check, stay tuned for the episode and to check out her resources following the episode. My next guest is the founder of Advocation, where she uses her experience as a PR professional to help de-stress the PR industry by working with leaders to develop training programs and system solutions to address problems that agency owners may face in the day-to-day operations. Please welcome Shauna Knuckles to the podcast. Welcome. So glad to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm so, so excited to be here. So why don't we start out with how you got interested in PR? Yeah, so I originally was planning to be a journalist. I think that's how a lot of people kind of find their way into PR. Uh, My degree is in journalism, and I moved full steam ahead with that career path. I actually started at a top daily newspaper up in the Pacific Northwest, and it didn't work out for a variety of reasons. They cut 30% of their staff while I was there, and I uh, made the switch to PR, and it's kind of been history ever since. Yeah, definitely PR and journalism have such a a strong connection. My two majors in college were PR and journalism, and it's uh, they really go hand in hand. Yes, yes. It's nice to know how uh, both sides of the coin really work together. Definitely. Um, So just judging by your bio and everything I've seen from you, you have some some really great experiences in PR. Um, So what do you think is something that you wish you could tell your younger self when just starting out in the PR industry? Oh, yeah, there's so many things. Um, The one real piece of advice that I think stands out for me now, kind of all my experience behind me that I wish I would have known then is really set an intention at the beginning of your career or set intentions regularly. Um, It can be really easy to feel like you're on a hamster wheel and trying to achieve all the things, but whether it's you're trying to achieve a certain skill set or you're really striving for a specific promotion or you want to gain experience in this one area, I always found so much success when I could set an intention and really go for it instead of feeling like I need to do and accomplish and be everything all the time. I really, really wish I would have known that in the beginning of my career. Yeah, that, that's a really smart tip because I feel like when, um, you know, you refine your interests, especially in PR, because, you know, as we know, PR is available in every industry and there's so many different things you can get involved in. So definitely, like you said, refining those interests to, you know, make it something, you know, that you want to do is really important. Yes, yes. And there are so many things to learn, too. I mean, still in my career every day, I'm learning something new. So you can't learn everything all at once. <laughs> So speaking of new, you know, your younger self and, you know, just starting out in the PR industry, a lot of the listeners on the show are college students and recent graduates. So, you know, both of those groups of people, you know, I'm a recent graduate myself, have gone through a lot this past year with the virtual school and trying to navigate, you know, joining the industry at such a turbulent time and everything. So what's your advice for college students and recent grads who are just getting into the PR industry? Yeah, so I can relate a thousand percent to that because I really 
built my career and kind of came up through the industry during the Great Recession, which was the last big recession that we had. And I know that there is a lot of fear often that comes from starting your career period. But when you're starting in a time that feels like there's a lot of economic uncertainty, the industry is really changing. That is really amplified a lot. So I would say that there are still opportunities. There are opportunities everywhere in the industry. And I think that's something that when you're first starting out in the industry is hard to see because all of your peers are kind of in the same position. You know, you're vying for jobs. You're really trying to get your foot in the door. And once you really truly do get your foot in the door anywhere, it's much easier to see you know, what is the need that this company has that I might be able to fill? And you kind of start to really understand the way the industry works. But truly, I mean, we we work one-on-one with a lot of agencies on the operations and training side of our company. Everybody's hiring right now. Nobody can hire fast enough because there's so much opportunity in the industry. So really there is a place for everyone. Um, it might not be your perfect, your perfect fit, right out of the gate, but there really is just truly opportunity everywhere. Yeah. I, just from looking through jobs and you know, applying, I recently got a job at Uproar PR and I'm working remotely and they're based out of um, Chicago and Orlando. So that's been a really great chance to, you know, work with a lot of people across the country and everything. And that was a, an opportunity that I didn't think was available. You know, I just thought a lot of these PR opportunities were in these big cities and I had to go back to the office and, you know, there's not, much about out there about like you know that there's these remote opportunities and everything so definitely what you said about um you know finding all those different opportunities is something that a lot of recent grads should be doing yeah definitely and i would say that's such a great point with remote opportunities those those didn't quite exist back when i started my career at least not in this in the volume that they do right now and just really being able to have those location independent positions or, you know, we're also really seeing uh, people who are starting out in their career deciding to go the freelance route and starting to pick up their own clients. And there's just a lot of opportunity now that location isn't as big of a factor in where and how you work. Yes. And I was looking on your website for avocation and I saw that part of one of your trainings that you do is helping agencies kind of see the, um, you know, what type of candidates there are out there for PR and how, how you can help them, you know, with the hiring process. So what do you, what advice do you have for these, you know, recent graduates who are applying for these jobs? How can they impress an agency? Yes. So I, there are so many uh, good tips here. Let me think about how to prioritize these. So I think the number one thing that really stands out for us and a lot of the agencies that we're hiring is to really think about how your skill sets apply to what they're looking for. So I had a career coach tell me this when I was early on in my career, and it's one of the best tips that I I share with uh, job seekers as often as I can, and take your resume on one side put the job description on the other side and truly do a line by line comparison. So you can see, okay, this is the, the responsibility that this job is looking for. How can I map up my experience to show that I really do have the background to 
do the job that they're looking for. Um, and you can, when you do that, you can kind of start to see patterns for what what's really needed to succeed in the job. And as much as you can speak to that in your resume, speak to that in your cover letter and help connect the dots between what they're looking for and what you can do really, really helps you rise to the top because they're not having to kind of guess or figure out if you can do the job they're looking for. And it really shows that you kind of can speak the, the language of their, their company too. Yeah, that, that's such a valuable tip that you just shared about that, because I feel like a lot of people think I have to put all my best things around my resume and not really, you know, make it towards that company more about themselves and what they can do. So I'm really glad that you shared that tip. Yeah, it's a good one. So speaking of advocation, can you talk a little bit about how that started and what you do through that? Yeah, so we have a side of the company that's focused on team training and then also strategic systems and operation support for other PR agencies. And this really was born out of my own story rising through the ranks of an agency. So back when I was building my career, I really wanted to be promoted quickly. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to have more responsibilities and I really wanted to grow my career as fast as I could. So I rose through ranks from truly an intern. I was packing press kits. That's literally what I did on my first day, stuffing mailers with uh, little plush toys and printed press releases. I don't want to age myself too much, but that's how we were sending press releases. And I rose through the ranks to be number two at an award-winning agency up in the Pacific Northwest. And I got to a point in my career where I was so burnt out, so stressed out. I was working 16 hour days regularly and I felt just a little bit trapped. Like I had created this monster of a career that I couldn't keep up with almost. And it got to the point where my doctor really was telling me point blank that you maybe have another six months to work like this before your body is going to tell you no more. It's going to force you to stop Don't change. And so I really had to have some hard conversations with myself, some hard conversations with the people around me and change the way that I was working. And in the process of doing that, I did not want to lose the career that I had worked so hard to obtain. That was not an option for me. And with that, I realized that I just, I needed to figure out a new way to work. And so I put my head down, spent the next few years really changing how I did things, how I operated in the world. I had started my own PR agency during this transition. And then I shared this story. I hadn't maybe a couple of friends had heard this story about my, my health issues. And I put it out on social media and truly I thought that, you know, my mom would say, that's good. You know, I'm proud of you, honey. (laughs) But I, so many people reached out to me, dozens and dozens of private messages from mostly women in the industry saying, gosh, I resonate with this so much. I have an autoimmune disease. I have 
had to go to the emergency room because I was afraid I was having a heart attack. I have chronic insomnia and it was all from job related stress, all from women in the PR industry. And I was, that is where it really sunk in for me that, wow, this is a problem that is much bigger than me. And I felt such a pull and draw and desire to share what I had learned and what I was doing differently to reduce my own stress and share that with others in the industry. So that's really how the, the other side of our company came to be and was born out of that story. Um, the two areas that I found to really be the biggest alleviators of stress inside of agencies in particular, because that's what my background is, were systems. So usually it was fire drills were happening more often than needed because there weren't really great strategic systems behind the scenes to support a team and then training. So I don't know if it it's changing a little bit now, but PR has always been a very, you know, close to the vest industry where my secrets are my secrets. And if I share them, then it's a detriment to myself. I've never felt that way. And so we wanted to make training to other professionals as accessible and high quality as possible. So that that's how we got to where we are today. Wow, that that's such an amazing story that, you know, you started this out of, you know, your own personal experience in the PR industry. And, you know, that's such a, a topic that a lot of people don't talk about when they talk about PR, you know, a lot of people know that PR is fast paced and a lot of hours and you have to be all, all in it to win it, you know, all the time. And a lot of people don't talk about that behind the scenes aspect. So it's so great that, you know, you're bringing awareness to that. And, you know, like you just said about the kind of keeping your secrets and everything that was, um, one of my goals in creating this podcast is to kind of break that stereotype that, you know, PR professionals don't want to share their secrets. You know, I think everyone I've encountered in the PR industry has always wanted to help lend a helping hand to somebody, give away their secrets, or how can I help you reach the next level, just like I did before. So that's such a great point you brought up there too. Um, and so speaking of, you know, kind of like unspoken topics in PR, a lot of them is that mental health factor. So, you know, what can agencies be doing to support their employees during this time of a very big mental health crisis in our country? Yeah, I really love that you asked this question because I agree, I think it's so important. And I think that it's so key that we can talk about it. You know, there are a lot of tips and tricks and best practices out there, you know, offer your employees a mental health day or give them a half day, you know, when it's needed. But I, really think the most important thing that agencies or really any company can do in that sense is make sure that you're fostering and creating an environment that breeds psychological safety. So people can have these conversations so that it feels safe for anyone on the team to talk about problems or challenges before they become real issues so that they can not, you know, a lot of my colleagues have this conversation behind the scenes, but this idea of false and almost toxic positivity. And I think that can very easily run rampant in our PR industry because 
we're the, you know, cheerleaders. We're the ones who are supposed to show up and dazzle clients and be happy and perky and, you know, any, any problem we we've got it handled. And I do think that many people in PR have that element to their personality, but it's, it is toxic to pretend that it has to be that way or that it can be that way all the time. So this is actually, I think, an area where our trainings stand out in the industry because we talk about this in point blank in our trainings for managers and leaders where um, I'm not going to pretend like I'm a psychology expert because that's not it at all, but are you familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that concept? No, I'm not familiar with that. So there, it's this concept where we have to have our basic needs met, which are shelter, food, water, uh, before we can kind of rise through the pyramid to perform and live our lives in a way that... Um, has other needs met. So it rises from, you know, our basic, our basic needs, like, do we have home over our heads and food and water to eat, you know, eat and drink all the way up to at the very top of the pyramid is uh, confidence and finding purpose. And really uh, that the very top of the pyramid, I think is how employers expect their employees to work. You know, they want them to be problem solvers. They want them to be creative. They want them to show up with the best attitude and love where they work and find, you know, belonging in the company. But that really isn't even possible until that person feels like they have psychological safety inside of a company. They're really, if you think about a pyramid, that comes first. And so we really cannot be top performers. We can't be creative. We can't come to the table with really smart solutions and problems. We cannot, um, you know, find our own purpose in our careers until we feel like we have that safety in our jobs. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up that whole point about the the pyramid and everything, because, you know, a lot of people think that, and I, I think a lot of, some of the problem too, is that there's so much misinformation, like you said, that false positivity, you know, some people may enjoy a different job environment than other people. And, you know, some people kind of suffer in silence because they feel like if I speak up about this, then people aren't going to agree with me, or I'm kind of, I have an idea that doesn't go with the crowd. And, um, you know, just in the past, I've, I went, I've done an internship and that wasn't like the, my ideal, um, you know, work environment to be in, but I thought, oh, that's just how it is, you know, nine to five. That's how the work environment is. That's just how, you know, coworkers, you know, talk and everything. But then coming to this new job that I just started and everyone's so welcoming and answering questions and, you know, they have those times for, you know, your breaks that you need throughout the day and everything. It's just such a different environment. So definitely I can see the change in the leadership, you know, running these um, agencies and everything. And it's just crazy to see how different things can be once these uh, leaders, you know, kind of tap into that uh, theory that you have in your, your work that you do with evocation. Yeah. And one thing I will add to that is it's a simple concept, right? But it is not easy. It's really not an easy thing to foster inside of a company. It's right. We can get the idea there, but it really does take a lot of effort and it does take a lot of thoughtfulness to make sure that that happens. It doesn't happen on accident. 
And so really putting forth that thought, I a thousand percent think that it's worth it, but it's, it's not an easy thing to do always, especially in our industry, because we are so fast paced. The stakes are high. We're working on deadlines consistently, but that's also why I think it's so important to prioritize. Definitely. And so on the flip side, you know, what do you think that PR professionals can be doing in their own lives and their, maybe their work lives too, to just kind of prepare themselves for our industry with their mental health, you know, because of the fast paced nature of it? Yeah. Whenever someone asks me what the number one skill set I think a PR professional needs to succeed in, in the industry, I always say stress management. <laughs> so this is something that I had to learn actually learn like it is a skill it is not something that just happens it is not something that just uh you know if you take a day off your stress is managed it really does take tuning into what you need as a person as a human being to feel like a full person at the end of the day so it really varies for each person but what what I recommend and what has worked really, really well for me as a place to start is truly just do a quick check-in with yourself at the beginning and the end of each day, the beginning of the day to kind of assess, hey, where am I at? How am I, how am I feeling? How do I want to feel today and get really present and mindful of how you're spending the day. And then at the end of the day, really asking yourself, what it, what do I need to get back to I, at least I don't get back to neutral every day, but close to it, you know, so that your stress doesn't go completely unmitigated. So it might be, I need to connect with a friend because I feel like I had some real hard things today that I need to talk about. I'm going to go for a walk and call my friend. I need to talk to nobody. So I'm going to wrap myself up in a cocoon and watch Netflix, you know, whatever it is that you need for that day, I think is really important. Um, And it's becoming a little bit easier, I think, for people as we are working a bit more from home where you can take that time for yourself at the end of the day. But I, that works wonders for me. Definitely. And thank you for sharing that as well. I think that was some more great tips I had to share. And um, yeah, I think it's definitely about being in tune with, you know, your own self and what you need. And I, I totally agree with your point about, you know, that work from home kind of gives you that aspect of being able to section out your day more, you know, uh, conducive to your environment and what you need as as a professional and everything. I just think that's um, such a bet. It's one it's one of the the many few benefits of this whole situation. Yes, one of the silver linings. <laughs> yes. We're getting a call, and it could be you. Have you ever wanted to be featured on the Queen of Calm podcast? Well, now you can. Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail by clicking leave us a voicemail. You can ask me a question, ask a question to one of my guests. You can bring up potential topics that you want covered on the podcast, or you could open back up a conversation that we've had previously on a previous episode. Um, Just be sure to leave us a voicemail if you have anything you want to chat about, and you could be featured on the Queen of Calm podcast. Um, And so kind of speaking of this whole, you know, workplace and taking care of employees and everything, I caught your recent article in PR News. So can Mm -hmm. you talk a bit about that and what compelled you to write that? Yes. So I, I now sense a theme in my professional journey where I like to 
share the stories that no one wants to share. So that's kind of where, uh, similar to the story I shared with my own health and the founding of our company, that's kind of what happened here. So I, to, to fill in listeners, wrote an article for PR News that really tried to tackle the topic of how our industry has almost dropped the ball in taking care of the needs of women in the industry. And there are a few reasons why that has been such a concern for me. The first is the industry is largely women. So we're not taking care of the needs of women in the industry and we're mostly women. So that's something that I think should be a top priority for leaders, organizations, companies in this industry. There's also a leadership gap. So it's tough to tell exactly what the leadership gap is. Uh, There are varying statistics as to what it is, but some estimate up to 80% of leadership positions are held by men. So there's two kind of factors here that we're made up of mostly women, but our leadership is not reflective of what our industry actually looks like. So you can see why the needs maybe are are not being met um, by the industry, but so flexibility in the work, the ability to work from home has been something that the PR industry has been asking for. Employees in the PR industry have been asking for for years. So before the pandemic, there was a study done that said the ability to have flex time or the ability to work from home was the number one perk that employees wanted. But I think it was maybe 40% of employers were willing to offer it. And at the time they considered flex time. And I'm putting that in quotes because now it's just the way we work. It's, they don't call it flex time anymore. It's amazing how quickly things change, but the um, ability to work from home, they were offering like one or two days a month. That was what they considered flex time, which seems wild now that that and this was truly I'm like looking at the calendar right now because I'm like am I is this right so it was 2019 so it was two years ago and women when they are carrying the bulk of household chores and duties oftentimes uh, women still have more child rearing duties than their partners. Oftentimes, um, you know, in my peer group, they're split between, um, you know, caring for, for children and also caring for aging parents. That ability to have a flexible schedule is so imperative. And it just, it seemed so silly to me that this is the one thing that people were asking for. The pandemic proved it was possible. So why didn't it happen? And the the reason why I wanted to pose that question is because we need to prevent us from getting to a place where we go back to that. And 100%, and I'm not saying this just to be hyperbole, you know, to have a hyperbole out there, but 100% in a recent study, truly every single person surveyed, marketers, they want the ability to work from home. Everybody wants the ability to work from home, whether that's all the time or a hybrid model, but companies are not prepared to 
be able to offer that long-term. There's not a lot of confidence in employees in, um, uh, you know, across the board in the industry that there are systems and policies set up to allow us to succeed in the long-term for this ability to, you know, have flex work and work from home. And I wanted to bring that to light because I want people to start thinking about that now before it's too late. And the real surprising thing for me with this article was we pitched this article for five months and no one cared. Wow. No, no one wanted to cover it. No one was interested. And I'm not saying that from an ego place because we did, we got other, you know, great features and articles written. And my whole team really thought that this was our strongest topic and no one in the industry wanted to cover it for five months. It took us five months and it was just a lot of persistence and trying to put this out there because, you know, we feel so strongly that it's something we need to be talking about. And then again, when I shared the story of how this article came to be, people came out of the woodworks and started sharing private messages with me to say, hey, I had the same experience. I've tried to talk about this and no one wanted to listen. So it's time to listen. <laughs> wow. Well, well, that that is just crazy that, that you couldn't get that out there for five months. I mean, I think it's such a valuable conversation to be having, especially in the current climate we're in with, you know, everyone going through the whole work from home, maybe not by choice, by everything. But um, it's just crazy that now that we've seen how the world can function with all these different things going on in the industry and all these changes that are being thrown at us. It's crazy that um, people wouldn't want to talk about this more. And, um, you know, I think that it just makes for a better employee to be able to have these considerations made, you know, in the industry. I think, you know, having that flexible time to maybe take a minute to work on a passion project during the day or, you know, put in a load of laundry even just so that you have more time, you know, once you get off work to be fresh for the next day and come with better ideas and everything. And, especially as you talked about that statistic about how our industry is made up of mostly women, but there is that leadership gap too. That's, that's also surprising. It was surprising to me too, because when I was writing the article, I really wanted to fill it with a lot of data to back. Cause everyone I talk to feels this way, right? All of my colleagues and peers, we feel this way, but feelings don't usually yield changes data data does. So I wanted to fill it with statistics to back up what we are all feeling in the industry. And I was surprised to see that too, to be honest. Yeah. Because, because a lot of times when you, when people talk about PR, they're like, oh, you know, mostly women, and everything. And you don't usually see, you know, males going in these entry-level roles maybe, but it's, it's, that was just a very interesting statistic out of your article, but that entire article, I think, is such a valuable conversation. And um, thank you so much for writing that. Oh, thank you for reading and the feedback. I really appreciate it. Um, so kind of getting back to advocation a bit. One thing I also want to talk about is your podcast called Unique Impressions. So um, can you talk a bit about that and kind of what topics you cover on the podcast? Yes. So I launched a podcast, right? I think I ended up launching it maybe a couple of uh, months right before the pandemic started. So it's on a little bit of a hiatus, but do not worry. We have plans to bring it back. Uh, but the Unique Impressions podcast really was developed to 
share these kind of bite-sized lessons and um, best practices that I have learned throughout my career and provide them in a way that is easy to to digest, uh, really talking about some of the things that others aren't sharing in the industry and just be a resource for up and coming PR professionals in the industry. Yes. So um, I think some of the topics that we've covered, I, I always try to put a little bit of a unique spin on it, hence the name <laughs> unique impressions. But sometimes uh, we, we like to cover skill sets that maybe no one else in the industry is talking about uh, that we can provide a unique lens and a unique kind of set of insights on. So I know we have a really great episode on project management. That's a personal passion of mine because I think really great project management and reducing stress in our industry really go hand in hand. And um, it's really a lot of my own personal, personal lessons and insights. Well, that sounds like a great podcast and everyone listening after you finish this episode, go check that out. Um, and listen to Shauna's episodes. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so one final question I have for you, and it's one that I asked to all my guests because the Queen of Calm podcast is all about women's empowerment. Um, I love sharing the stories of you know women in the industry, but also just celebrating women who are doing incredible things. So I ask all my guests, who is a woman or on this podcast, we say girl boss that inspires you? Yes. So can I share two? Yeah. Oh, of course. Okay. <laughs> Because I, I have listened to several of your episodes and I, I, I love the, okay, so let me back up for a second. I want to share too, because me personally, I am so inspired by the women who I get to work with and connect with personally day to day. And uh, one woman who has inspired me for years and continues to do so is um, a friend, colleague, business coach of mine, her name is Jen Kim. And I really, anybody in the industry, she is a master at creating brands and marketing and has such unique insights, particularly for um, women in the professional world. And she inspires me so much because she built her company based on her values. And really, I don't see a lot of people talking about that in the way that she does and what a difference it makes in building a company to have it be based on what's important to you as a person versus just chasing the money or doing what you think you should be doing. So I am also really thinking of her because I get to see her again in person soon. It's been a really long time. Um, so highly recommend anyone checking out her. She's a personal, uh, friend mentor. Her name is Jen Kim. And the other that I would like to share, and I love sharing a famous person too, because their stories are everywhere and everybody can go, uh, look them up and, and kind of check out what they've said is Sarah Blakely, who's the founder of Spanx. So she inspires me so much because, she really built her business her own way. And I love, I forget where I heard it. It was on a podcast episode, I believe, where she shared that when she was starting her company, her peers and mentors were men. And they told her to get ready for war because business is war. 
And she rejected that idea and built a business based on what she really valued, which is caring for other people and, you know, leading with something other than we've got to tear each other down. And you can see how that worked out for her. (laughs) She (laughs) a mega success now. So, um, she really inspires me for that reason. Obviously I don't know her personally, but (laughs) I would love to one day. Uh, but she is another girl boss that I really, really admire. Well, those sound like two awesome women. And I say this pretty much in every episode, but I always love this question because I learned about all these women I didn't know about before. Sarah Blakely, I actually heard about in another episode from somebody who said that they're girl boss too, but um, oh, really? I, I'm, I'll be sure to check out your other uh, girl boss that you mentioned. But um, I just love this question because we get to celebrate these amazing women who are doing amazing things. I agree. I really could probably have an entire podcast episode where that's all I talk about because there are so many, but those are two of my favorites. Well, Shauna, thank you so much for your time today and for coming on the show. I really enjoyed having you. Thank you so much. It was great chatting with you and um, loved our conversation. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? Head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Want to drop us a line? Click the link in our Instagram bio to leave us a voicemail. And who knows, it might even end up on the show. See you next week for more tips and tricks of the trade.